Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 803 The Time, hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Their overstock sale continues. Currently partly cloudy, 53 degrees. We're going to get a mixture of sun and clouds today with a high of 73. And then tonight, cloudy with a chance of showers, about a 20% chance with a low of around 50 degrees. Busy second hour. Jeff Crane joins us a little bit later on from the University of Memphis. We'll talk Memphis SMU football. We'll talk some Grizzlies basketball. We'll take your calls and texts as well. Second hour of the program is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Give you a little more information on that coming up a little bit later on in the hour. But it is Tuesday, and it's time for Humdinger's Trivia. That's right. Uh, Every Tuesday, opportunity for you to win a $25 gift certificate to Humdinger's. And, of course, every Tuesday, is Taco Tuesday over at Humdinger's. I was over there last Taco Tuesday, as a matter of fact, uh, enjoying some of those delicious chicken and fish tacos over at Humdinger's at Poplar and Massey. Every Tuesday, they're just $2 each all day long. If not there on a Tuesday for the tacos or just want to enjoy some other things, there's so many other great things on the menu from the grilled fish options to the different chicken dishes, the crispy fish and chips, sandwiches, salads, so many things for you to choose from. Great sides, the toppings for the grilled fish, that humdinger shrimp, which is a very popular item over there. Heck, if you get maybe one of the grilled fish options, you can add a skewer of shrimp to that as well. It's absolutely delicious, inexpensive, healthy over there at Humdinger's. Get at Poplar and Massey. If you are the first to answer our trivia question correctly, well, then you'll get the $25 gift certificate to Humdinger's, and you can answer via text 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Text in the answers, and the first correct answer will get Humdinger's, and if we have a tie, then Zach becomes the tiebreaker, and then you can blame him if you lose the tiebreaker. That's it's out of my hands at that point. It's all in the hands of Zach Boyd. Here is today's question. Uh, again, answer at 901-360-8255 via text. The Major League Baseball hardware season awards being handed out this week. Workies of the Year handed out yesterday. I believe it's Managers of the Year today. And then you'll get Cy Young and then MVP awards. There are three Major League Baseball franchises who have never had an MVP award winner. Which three franchises? What three franchises in Major League Baseball have never had an MVP award winner? 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. Text in those answers. First correct answer gets the $25 gift certificate. So you're going to need to list three. Three, yes. Not just the one. There's three of them. All there's not three. just one. There's three. No, but I mean, just don't give us one of the three. All three. There you go. 360-8255. That is also the number to call in if you'd like to talk to us about anything that's going on in the world of sports. And Alan probably wants to gloat about his uh, UT Lady Vols. Alan, how are you? Yeah, I watched the game last night, and you're not going to keep that coach very long. Alex Simmons? Uh, yeah, I looked at it. I watched it from the perspective of past teams, and they played defense, 
like past games. Mm. But also, we were missing uh, all America 31 points and eight rebounds a game. She sat out with a you know a sore ankle. Right. But that yeah. was still that was that was a great effort by Memphis. I didn't expect that. Was that was a tremendous effort, and and uh, she's uh, you know you know who was watching her was Danny White. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, if if we ever make a change, she'd probably be the first one we'd go to. Well, let's let's keep uh, Memphis needs to keep their coach for a few more years. They they just yeah, lost they, one. they played really they played really hard. You know, Pat Summit always said you can't you can't coach effort. That's and they right. They played so hard it was unbelievable. That's 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 good. Again, I'm not into moral victories, but that effort was tremendous. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. Look, um, when you when you think about it, Laird Beach and his staff. Lauren Ashman, Jeff Crane, everybody. They have made some good hires. They really have made good hires. And you think about some of the coaches that are at the University of Memphis. You got Brooks Monaghan with women's soccer. How is, how is he still here? You would think a big-time program would have tried to steal him. He probably has had offers. Richard Mulroney has done a great job with the men's team. But after what the hire of Katrina Merriweather, who then goes back to her alma mater at Cincinnati. That's understandable. And now you bring in Alex Simmons. They're hitting home runs. I think they're going to do extremely well in baseball, and they did with the last coach who went to Missouri and I thought was great. And now you have um, Matt Reiser coming in. So, yeah, I, I think they've uh, they've done a really nice job. Now, the question is, with football, Ryan Silverfield has been here a long time and has won a lot of football games. People should know, and I think they do, that, of course, he was a member of the staff with Mike Norvell. So he has been around this program for, I think he's in his eighth year overall, seventh or eighth year. Ryan's been here a long time. I know the narrative and what the narrative will be for this week. We got a texter that that hit, hit it right on the head yesterday. You know, Memphis is... Basically, I'm paraphrasing, you know, winning the games they should win, and unfortunately that they didn't win the games that were those that would make a difference for a coach, right? They lost the games that they were supposed to lose, and they won the games they are supposed to win, so big deal. Well, I look at it differently. I look at you can only play the games that are on your schedule, and they've won eight of those ten, and the two losses are against top 25 teams. This week, they are playing an SMU team, that is not a top 25 team, but a very, very good team. As I mentioned earlier, they're 10th in offensive efficiency. They're 11th in defensive efficiency. Memphis has them at home. And we talked about the schedule going into the season. How fortuitous it was for Memphis to have Tulane at home, which they didn't beat, now SMU at home, and not play UTSA at all. So... I know there's going to be a lot of folks that will look at this and go, I don't care if they're eight-and-a-half-point dogs. Memphis has to win this football game. They know they have to win this football game if they are to have a chance to achieve their goals, and that's to get to the conference championship game and to win the conference championship. But to get at least in position, and they, and they don't control their own destiny, they're going to need a little help, but they have to take care of business this weekend, and that is not going to be an easy task. No, certainly is not. Um, you know, the defense is going to have to figure out some way to try and stop SMU, um, which will not be easy with what they the way they have played over the recent weeks. 
Um, that is not going to going to be a very tough task on the defense. And if the defense can't get stops, then the offense is going to once again have to try and figure out a way to outscore somebody. And I'm I'm just not sure that that's going to be able to happen against this SMU team like it has against these other teams that they've played that um, their defenses were also terrible, a couple of them. Um, and, you know, it's just it's a, diff- it's a lot to ask your offense every week to try and basically have to go get you like 40 to 50 points to try and win a game. Is criticism warranted if you play – your 12 games, win the nine games you're favored in, and lose the three games you're not favored in. Is criticism warranted? Is a 9-3, and three, if they lose this weekend and beat Temple, a 9-3 and three season, is the criticism warranted? Well, I, I, think, I think at that point, basically, you've achieved the, the basic standard for the year. Especially when you consider that you'll have won every game that you were supposed to, but the struggles with some really bad teams um, are going to leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. Like the, having to go to, you know, pull out a miracle win against Charlotte, um, going to overtime to do that, and um, the other, you know, the, you know, giving up 50 to South Florida, the UAB first half. Like there are certain things that are just going to, stick out in people's minds um, that even if you go with nine wins and you would just, if you remove yourself from the whole thing and say nine wins for Memphis Tiger football and you're not happy with that, again, when you look at the way the nine wins have come and who the nine wins have come against, yes, there's going to be people, certainly, that find reason to criticize that season. Oh, there will be people. I'm just asking, is it warranted? So in, in this situation, and I'm not saying you're wrong, style points matter. How you win. Yes, I mean, they're always going to matter. I mean, Missouri, nobody's giving them credit for taking Missouri down to the wire, losing by one score. Tennessee just got obliterated by Missouri. Of course, that was in Columbia, the but people this was probably basically give them a home more credit game. for the Missouri loss than they do for the Charlotte win. Oh, I think that's true. I mean, they, I think they are getting credit for the Missouri loss. But if you look it's at the it, wins that the problem has been. But again, you won the football game, you play to win the game. I understand the criticism. I do. I do understand that. And yes, I'm close to coach, and I and I do the sidelines for the games. I do understand this. I do understand the criticism. But again, I'm a bottom line guy. Win the football games. So if you're getting credit for a good battle against Missouri in the Dome, which was, oh, come on, let's be honest, right? It was a road game. And you won everything else. And then the two-lane game, now obviously you had a lead. You had a two-score lead in that one. You let that one go at home, and they won. But Tulane is a top 25 team. You can make excuses, obviously, and it seems like maybe I am. But I'm also looking at a team that's 8-2. and Now, this is where it gets tricky. SMU, you're at home. I don't care that you're 8.5-point dog. You're at home. You've matched up with SMU for all these years. You have played some wild ones with the Mustangs. But there's... No denying that SMU has a boatload of NIL money, and they have spent that NIL money, and they have brought in a lot of talent. And that's why, as I said, they are ranked where they are ranked. And I think uh, before the latest rankings, they were in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I think Ryan Silverfield said yesterday at his press conference, there's only a couple schools that 
are number are in the top ten in both. I think it's Georgia and Ohio State. So this this is a big challenge. But for the Tigers fans out there, and this is more, I guess, for the the marginal fan, not the fake fan, not the fan that doesn't really care about Memphis football, and not the diehards that will always applaud them no matter what. I'm talking about those right down the middle. Will they criticize for a game again? in which you are expected to lose if they lose the game. And again, they feel confident they're going to win the football game. But as you said, with defense, with the defense, man, when you force four turnovers, turn one of them into a pick six, and still have to rally from 10 down to win, and now you're facing an SMU offensive juggernaut, you don't feel real good right now. You feel a little little queasy. So how will they feel, gosh, next Monday – if they don't get the dub. And that's why I'm asking, is it fair? Part of that will depend on how do they not get it? Do they lose? Do they get blown out and they're not competitive? Is it a game that goes down to the wire? I mean, there's the way it happens determines a lot. Listen, there are there. I guarantee you there are a pretty decent number of fans out there that don't like Ryan Silverfield who want them to get blown out. Is that a personal thing? Or they really don't think the guy's doing the job. They don't think he's doing the job. Again, at eight and two. But again, they're going to say, "Yeah, I mean, they're is this the same guys." No, Memphis no, should be the, a top twenty-five the, team every year. The, the, no, these, will be, these are people say that I could coach this team to eight wins against the competition yeah. they've played. Like that's what these. I mean, again, they haven't. I mean, again, the te- look at the teams they've beaten. There's not much. Yes, but and I think you would admit to this too, that when you can. Put a one-minute drive together to beat North Texas. You can come back with seven minutes to go to win any college football game down 10. A lot of that has to do with coaching, how they prepare for the game, going through their two-minute offenses and practices, having the patience, having that great relationship with the quarterback. That all comes into play from what happens in practices in preparation for those games. Not every team, even though they're playing in an inferior opponent, rallies late to put together those victories. No, they don't. I mean, a lot of the North Texas one comes down to the North Texas has legitimately one of the worst defenses in America. They do. You still got to execute. You still got to execute. Yeah, I mean, getting guys wide open, like <laughs> you got to throw it to them. But all right, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm just saying, like I'm telling you what people are going to say. Like, it, it, oh, I know what people are going to say. And the other, and they're also going to say, well, why the hell are we down with a minute to go against North Texas when we were up by a million in the game? Yeah, but even the best teams in the nation fall behind and rally. You know, why did Colorado, not Colorado, why did Georgia have problems with Missouri last year? You know, they. Teams don't play perfect football for 60 minutes every damn week. People got to realize that. And this is Memphis. This isn't Georgia, Ohio no, but State. They, but they also, those teams aren't playing North Texas and South Florida and UAB. I would question the Big week Ten. Week. I would question the Big Ten. You you have a few teams there in a row that you play, and you got, uh, I think, basically the week off. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. Keith is dialed in at 360-8255. Keith, how are you? Oh, Lord, the opportunity of a lifetime for my Tigers, Greg. It's an opportunity. So, Missouri, they know how explosive Tigers' offense is. The defense is going to have to win it. And I'm sorry about – I lost money on the Buffalo Bills last night. Memphis cannot turn the ball over four <laughs> or five times and expect to win the game. Yeah, you're talking about SMU, and you said Missouri, but you mean SMU, right? 
Well, no, I met the Buffalo Bills last night. No, I know. You... The ball over. <laughs> Memphis cannot turn the ball over four or five times and expect to win the game. Well, I know, and, and they did last week, and somehow they won. But you're right. You can't turn it over four times, but they were able to cause four turnovers and get the pick six. But you, you're, you're absolutely right, Keith. You do that against SMU, you give them more possessions, they're going to throw 70 up there. I mean, that's yeah. Tigers didn't and, and, turn it over. You'll be good. Week. You'll yes, be they doing good to stay within. Uh, they got uh, four. They turned it over four times, if, too. If you turned it over. Yes. Eight turnovers in that game. They fumbled it twice. Yeah. Hennigan threw a pick, and Tevin Carter threw a pick. There, yeah. was eight, there were eight, eight, four. They had four? Yeah, there were eight turnovers in that game. Keith, I got you, my friend. Thank you so much. I know it's a big game, it's a big opportunity. Greg is next. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, man. How you doing, Greg? Doing fantastic. I, I, Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Look, I've been wanting to call you guys for the last couple of days and talk about these unrealistic Memphis fans. You know, Ryan Silverfield has done an excellent job for a really a non-traditional football school in a non-traditional football conference. And I look around the nation and see all these coaches getting fired, you know, and I, I look at what Ryan Silverfield has done. Now, I know Memphis has had a little track record of good coaches and, and good football. But the guy is doing an outstanding job because he's winning games. He went to Missouri and did something that Tennessee couldn't do. And I'm looking at I said, you got these, these, these fans that— Well, they didn't win, Greg. They didn't win Missouri. Let's make sure we— but you're really, you're being really unrealistic for for Memphis. Mm-hmm. This is Memphis. I follow Memphis football. I love Memphis football. But I'm realistic enough to know this is Memphis. No, we're not Louisville, and we're not going to be there because we don't, and we haven't invested in football in Memphis. So, the, winning eight games and winning games that you should win. And Memphis says, I mean, okay, who going to come here and do what Brian Silverfield has done? Where are you, you going to go find a coach that can come here and replicate what he's done? Well, well Norvell came in here and, 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 and got him to the Cotton Bowl, and nobody knew who that guy was. So I, it, it's doable, right? I mean, Silverfield himself has said that all they've done the last two seasons before this was basically the bare minimum by getting to 6-6. Six and six. Okay, but then the ACC, a stronger conference. I'm... Memphis fans are unrealistic. Now, Texas A&M fans, they got a right to kind of money they're paying this guy. But Memphis fans are unfair, unrealistic. And I tell you, if they get rid of Brian, uh, uh, Brian Silverfield, it's going it's gonna to come back to hunt. It's going to come back to hunt the program. Right. I just fear that way. I hear you, Greg. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate that. Did you Did you look it up? With the fumbles. Remember yeah, Blake yeah. Watson was trying to go in for the touchdown? He fumbled again into the end zone there at the, at the one-yard line. So, yeah, the, there was yeah, it was a turnover fest in that game. But to, to Keith's— I was thinking about the Carter interception. Oh, but to the Keith, Keith's point, yeah, you turn it over four times to SMU, you're, you have no chance. Now, Brian did say if we get four turnovers against SMU, we should win the football game. And that was the problem last week. So you get four turnovers— the defense is much maligned for a reason, right? They've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points, okay? But at times in games, they've made plays. Like, down the stretch, they had to get that stop after they had scored the touchdown 
to allow Tanner Gillis to kick the field goal to send it to overtime. So they, the defense got the stop there. They got four picks. They got a pick six. But yet other times they get steamrolled where it seems like the running backs gash them for 30, 40 yards at a, at a clip, and all of a sudden they're down the field in 30 seconds. That's, a, that's what drives people crazy, and I'm sure it drives the coaching staff crazy as well. We do have a correct answer in the Humdinger's trivia. Again, there, were, there are three teams that do not that have never had an MVP award winner. Now, two of them are, really, are the newer franchises at Arizona and Tampa Bay, which is really crazy a little bit that Tampa Bay's never had one because of the success Tampa Bay's had, but they've never had an MVP. Um, do you know the third one? Boy, I have to think about it here. Um Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, you th- oh, I thought this was football. I'm sorry. My bad. My gosh. I go back, this go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. I'll need you for a tiebreaker in a second, though. Minnesota? No, yeah. they, they probably had Karuma to want it. Um, give me a hint. Uh, it's National League. National League. National League. Um, Milwaukee? Uh, they just had one a few years ago with Kristen Yelich. And I, yeah, I don't know. Who is it? The New York Mets. My God. You know what? I, the first thing, I, the first team I thought it was the Mets, and I go, no, didn't Keith Hernandez win? When he was a Cardinal. When he was a Cardinal. Okay, okay. There you go. The New York Mets, Jerry. I mean, they're thinking about all the money they've spent and everything else. They've never had an MVP award winner. Wow. How about that? So the Rays, Diamondbacks, Damn. and Mets are the three teams that have never had an MVP. We do have a two-way tie here, Zach. So I need you to choose um, Bismack or Biombo. <laughs> Both. <laughs> We I need, take the whole we need boats. Yeah, we need boats. <laughs> we need boats. <laughs> Give me Bismack. Bismack. All right. Bismack is going to be the winner. Not right. Bismack, the person, but mm. uh, the one I had assigned to Bismack will be notifying you, letting you know how you are going to collect your prize, a $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. Um, on three sports, which covers recruiting and transfer portal and NIL and all that stuff. Uh, they are reporting that Quinn Ewers is returning to Texas for the 2024 season, which is interesting. Arch Manning is fine so far. Red-shirted, not playing. But Quinn Ewers, again, according to this report, expected to return to Texas as the Longhorns move in to the SEC. Second hour of the program brought to you by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. If you're looking for something special for that special one in your life, and you probably have multiples, head on over to James Gaddis Jewelers for your wife, for your girlfriend, for your daughter, for your granddaughter, and of course for the men in the household as well with their beautiful watches and other fine jewelry. But James Gaddis Jewelers has everything you need. Bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants, all types of gemstones, custom-made jewelry, plus estate and vintage jewelry, and they're always adding to their collection. They'll buy your gold, silver, and diamonds. Uh, They have two repair experts to help you with your fine watches and jewelry, and of course, they are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters. So if you're thinking of popping the question during the holiday season, you're looking for that special diamond ring, head on over to James Gaddis Jewelers. Layaway and financing is available. You need something to praise, bring it on over there as well. It's James Gaddis Jewelers. They've been part of the Memphis fabric, a part of this city for a long, long time. 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. Brewers have had five, by the way. 
five MVPs. Let me think. Five. Robin Yell. He got. He's got two. Yelich. Uh, we're probably going back to, um, well, I don't know if they can Cy Young and, uh, Hank Aaron didn't win one when he was in Milwaukee. They moved to Atlanta. Um, they didn't get one to like Warren Spahn or anything, did they? Uh, no. Is it more modern? Uh, there's one that was not too long ago at all. Not Prince Fielder didn't win one, did he? No. Ryan Braun. Oh, Braun. I forgot about Braun. And then Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers. Did he win the Cy and the MVP in the same year? Uh, like, I assume he got the Cy Award. I'm not sure if he got the Cy Award. Didn't Willie Hernandez have that uh, with the Tigers in 84? I think mm-hmm. he got, right, the MVP and the Cy Young. All right, when we come back, we're talking University of Memphis Athletics with Jeff Crane. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. If you missed it from earlier, topic for tomorrow's five favorite things. Your five favorite athletes, college or pro, that were born in the Memphis metropolitan area. Your five favorite athletes, college or pro, born in the Memphis metropolitan so area. Born here? Born here. Absolutely born here. They couldn't have come when they were five or three or played college ball only. They were born in the area, but they may have starred somewhere else. College or pro? Check the birth records of people. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be that stringent. I'm not going to be that stringent, but you know, we 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 kind of have an idea of the folks that were born in this area. Like, for example, you want to use Austin, well, Austin Riley actually was born in Memphis, but he went to school at uh, DeSoto Central, correct? Yes. But he was born here. You know, anybody born in the area. Five favorite professional or collegiate athletes. It's time now to talk University of Memphis Athletics with Jeff Crane. It's time to talk Memphis Tigers Athletics. Joining Greg and Eli is University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director Jeff Crane. Here's Jeff with Greg and Eli. Jeff Crane, University of Memphis Deputy AD, joins us every Tuesday to talk Memphis athletics. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75. Is this the busiest time normally of the year for you guys as far as athletics are concerned because everything comes together? Good morning, guys. Yeah, uh, it's a, it, is a, it is a wild and crazy time on campus, but, but so many good things happening. Gosh, I mean, in the, in the last week, you've had... Uh, We've had wins in men's and women's basketball, football, women's soccer, uh, men's soccer going to the NCAA tournament. I mean, just just lots of lots of excitement around campus, lots of buzz, uh, but a busy time indeed. It's interesting. You had the game last night in Knoxville, where the Tigers played the Lady Vols tooth and nail all the way to overtime before falling. We had a 
Tennessee Vols fan that called up and said, yeah, you're not going to be able to keep her long. I'm like, oh, no, that's the last thing that uh, Laird and Jeff and everybody wants to hear, Lauren wants to hear. I mean, Alex Simmons, even though it was an L and nobody's in the moral victories, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I think it just shows you the 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 grit and the heart that our team has and uh, certainly take on the, the personality of the coach and and Coach Simmons, being a former Vol herself, I know that that team was uh, was wanting to give her give her the win there in Knoxville. But uh, they they fought hard and and, and proud of, of that effort. And uh, lots of basketball still still to play with the season just getting underway. So I encourage folks to, to come out to Elmer Own Fieldhouse and check them out uh, because as as we've talked, you know, as we uh, this is Coach Simmons' first year, but but we just don't don't think we're going to even miss a beat. Uh, in terms of, of our ability mm-hmm. to, to remain competitive in women's basketball. Well, speaking of good efforts, it was a heck of an effort by the men's team up at Missouri um, to, to kind of you know put people on notice, I guess, that certainly they are capable of doing some big things, almost cracked the top 25. They're just outside the top 25 and the others receiving votes. So I know uh, everybody's got to be pretty pleased with what happened last Friday night. No, no question. You know, I, I think one of the one of the best parts as I watched it, uh, and Greg and I were watching it together uh, there in Charlotte, was watching that, that, that team come back from being down. I mean, they, they just never looked like they were rattled. Uh, they just stayed the course and, uh, and really just broke through. You know, the amazing thing is, too, as you look at that, that team, uh, I'm not sure anybody on our starting five has ever played together. And so that, that team's going to get better. Uh, that's the world of, of college basketball now is that you take uh, five guys or, or ladies and, and try to build them into a team, and, and they're already playing really well as a team. So uh, lots of excitement. Uh, in fact, our next home game uh, this Friday night, uh, looking forward to, to a big crowd there at FedEx Forum. Yeah, as Eli alluded to, it kind of puts everyone on notice, but I think for fans who maybe have been patiently waiting to see what this team will be about, you know, is it worth our while to purchase season tickets or just individual game tickets? I, I think they saw that product and it really came to, to life in that second half. I mean, they win by 15. They were down 14 at one point and they were pulling away in the end. So I would think, Jeff, that it will ignite maybe some ticket sales and get some people fired up for the uh, the home schedule this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we, we have seen an uptick in the last 48 hours uh, in terms of our of our ticket sales for men's basketball, and, and we do still have uh, season tickets available. We have, we have really good ones, in fact, still available in the lower level. Uh, lots of games uh, still remaining on the schedule with uh, – I think at this point we've only played one one home regular season game, so um, definitely encourage folks to do that. And uh, single game pick, uh, tickets and other packages. In fact, we've got a a Friday Saturday night pack combo pack. Uh, it's the men's basketball game and and football game uh, on Friday Saturday for only forty nine dollars. So wow, a great way you can come out and see uh, both of those programs uh, over the weekend. The um, speaking of that, um, and you bring that uh, special ticket up, but uh, we had gotten a text from somebody asking if um, y'all were doing any promotions, basically to try and pack the stadium for the SMU game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, we've got some uh, some to be announced uh, soon. 
we we actually did the uh, the, the blackout deal last week because uh, it is a blackout uh, on Saturday and sold ten dollar tickets uh, for about a three four day period in there and, uh, and and sold several thousand on that deal and we have another opportunity that we're going to be releasing uh, here in the next twenty four hours uh, to, to to continue those that excitement and, and sale uh, for for that game. So we're certainly expecting the biggest crowd of the year on Saturday, 11 o'clock. It's going to be a beautiful day and a uh, great opportunity for, for our football program. You know, you want to put your program in a position if you're Coach Silverfield and the staff to, to, to be relevant in November. And, and there aren't a whole lot of programs that are, that are still playing games that matter in November. And this game matters for us, and, uh, and, and we need everybody in Memphis out there cheering us on against SMU on Saturday. With this game still to come, and as you said, maybe the biggest crowd, hopefully the biggest crowd of the season, have you guys been pleased with the attendance, with the tickets that have been sold for football this season? You know, we have, uh, we're averaging over 30000 uh, a game uh, this season. We always want more. Uh, we certainly want <laughs> always always want a, mm. a full stadium when we can get it. But uh, but we have been pleased uh, with with the attendance. We've been especially pleased with the student attendance. Uh, as as we've been tracking it for about the last decade, best student attendance that we've had over the course of a season since we've been tracking it. So those are all good signs uh, for the future. And and uh, as I mentioned before. Our single game sales uh, are, are hitting record numbers this year as well. People's buying habits are changing, and more folks buying single game tickets as opposed to season tickets. So, you know, we want to be in that forty thousand range, um, but uh, but but we are we are happy and thankful uh, for all the fans that have come out this season and, and another big opportunity this weekend. And I would imagine you were happy with the uh, the fans that came out to support the women's soccer team last weekend. Yeah, incredible. Uh, in fact, that was a, a record uh, at our facility. Um, almost 3,000 people <laughs> in the stadium when it was all said and done, uh, which is so exciting for, for our women's soccer team to be able to play an NCAA uh, game right here on our campus. Uh, you know, we've only been playing soccer on campus for, I think, four or five years. Uh, we were playing at uh, Mike Rose for, for quite some time. So, uh Really big deal for for that program, and uh, they head over to uh, Fayetteville and play Notre Dame uh, later this week. So uh, another big opportunity for them to to show how 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 great Memphis is at women's soccer. So so proud of of that program and Coach Monaghan and and his staff and and the the great work over a number of years that has kind of built up to this point where where we have a top ten women's soccer program. Well, soccer's not over at the, the home field because you have the men get into the NCAA tournament. They'll play Eli's alma mater, S-I-U-E, in the first round on Thursday. So your chance to watch some more soccer over at the uh, South Campus, second straight year that the men have made the tournament. Yeah, so so awesome. you got the men and the women both getting into the NCAA tournament for the second straight year. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a great fall for for our programs, and so uh, I'd certainly encourage folks to come out and uh, and cheer on our our men's soccer program. Uh, I don't think last year we got a win in the NCAA tournament, so this would be a, right. a big step for our program to to get a win in the NCAA tournament. And as we've seen on the women's side, 
when when our fans come out and, and support our soccer programs really makes a difference and, and helps push us uh, over the edge and into to the opportunity to win. So uh, certainly hope to see a lot of folks out there on Thursday night. So unfortunately, you got that tough draw against my Cougars, but hey, it's it's going to be a battle. <laughs> National Powerhouse Cougars coming to town. You got those 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 guys are tough. Those are tough tough team up there in SIUE. I have no doubt, uh, Coach Mulroon. You'll be, be have the guys ready to go, uh, but uh, we're, we're not taking anybody lightly. I can assure you of that. Last week at Charlotte, I, I thought it was a really nice contingent of Tigers fans that made the trek to Charlotte. And we talk about attendance, and you're you're talking about averaging over thirty thousand. You'd like to see forty thousand for Saturday, and then you see some of the venues that Memphis has played at this year. Nice venues, nice venues where nobody was at the games. To be honest with you, so you know people get on the case of well, you know, what do the Tigers draw? Thirty thousand on average is is pretty good, and especially in this conference, it's really good. But last week, the traveling contingent I thought was impressive. Yeah, you know, I think it's um, it's fun for our fans because now we've got some new new teams in the league. They have an opportunity to go to new places and and uh, and, and travel, and, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen several hundred of our fans at, at every one of our games and, and several thousand there at Arkansas State to start the year in Jonesboro. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's challenging across the country. Uh, you know, less people travel to games and – and there's so many opportunities to watch games through other mediums, and so um, it's it's uh, it's a challenge. But but we believe that uh, there's nothing better than getting to that stadium and feeling the energy when you're right there in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that continues to, to to be what what drives us, and uh, and looking forward to that next opportunity on Saturday. All right, finally the obligatory stadium question. Break some news, Jeff. Come on, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm sure. I wish I, you know, I've been uh, I've been hopeful that that one of these calls we could uh, yes. we could talk about movement, uh, but we're just not quite there. Uh, but but it does feel like we're 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 weeks away as opposed to months away from having a little more clarity on on where we're headed. Um, our processes have not stopped. Uh, we continue to 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 finalize the design and uh, and and firmly believe that right after our season. Uh, we'll we'll be ready to roll. So that's what we're working toward, and uh, uh, nothing nothing new to report just yet. Yeah, well, we're weeks away from the Liberty Bowl game itself, so we're 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 closing in on a lot of things. Hopefully, that news will come very very soon. Jeff, as always, thank you so much. He's the University of Memphis deputy AD. He is Jeff Crane. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75. Catch him every Tuesday right here on Sports Fifty Six Mornings. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much, guys. Go Tigers, go. Moving can be stressful, folks. If you've got a move coming up, uh, you want to make sure you get the proper people to help you move. And you want to make sure to do that, you get the professionals. Don't just ask your friends to help you move. Get some professionals. Get the professionals from Black Tie Moving. All you got to do is give them a call, 901-316-6196. Or you could go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. Talk with the folks at Black Tie Moving. They work with you coming up with a plan. 
of fitting exactly what you need and fitting your budget as well. They give you a no obligation quote up front so you don't have any surprises or anything like that. And you get a moving concierge throughout the move. So if you've got questions that come up, they're there to answer those questions for you 24-7. There's a lot of stuff that you got to try and figure out when you're moving. You want you know, the, the least you want to make sure you know your belongings are getting where they're going without any problems. And when you get the professionals from Black Time Moving, you can count on that. They've got five-star ratings online, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're the best in the business. Black Tie Moving. Again, 901-316-6196 or go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Got a uh, couple of texts that we'll get to here on the Tigers in just a moment. But I do have some tickets for Saturday's game against SMU that will give you an opportunity to uh, to win, to go out to the game on Saturday morning and support the Tigers and the big one against SMU. Got a four-pack of tickets, four tickets for Saturday's game against SMU that we'll give to caller number six. Caller number six. 360-8255, 360-8255. Caller number six will get four tickets to go see the Tigers and the Mustangs on Saturday out at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Caller number six, 360-8255 for four tickets for Saturday's game. And speaking of Tigers tickets, let me mention the same thing I mentioned yesterday about the uh, the Memphis VA Hospital and the, uh, the way you can help out the vets Go to a Tigers football game. They have a program in uh, which you can purchase tickets for the vets by just calling Wesley at the Memphis Tigers ticket box office at 901-678-1740. You tell them you want to buy tickets for the VA hospital program. It's a program that was started back in 2015. They've sent a couple thousand vets to the games since that uh, start date. The program has helped with veterans who deal with PTSD, rehab, and homeless veterans. People can also donate tickets that they aren't going to use. They can transfer them to the account uh, by using John Stacy. You know John Stacy; he's a veteran and a big Tigers fan. You can use his email address, jstacy1959 at gmail.com. So, again, if you're not going to use your tickets or you want to purchase tickets to help out the veterans and send them to the game, please do so. 901-678-1740. Purchase a ticket for a veteran. And we do have our winner for those four, for that four-pack of tickets. Uh, a couple of texts here. Um, Mac texts in, says, Greg, you're making excuses. We are a mediocre football team in a mediocre conference. I never said the Tigers are a great football team. And, of course, you know what I think about the conference. I'm just saying right now, going into this game, they're 8-2. and two. They won eight games against the teams that, yes, you expect them to win. But nobody, you know, unless you're a top 2-3 team, rolls through everybody and wins every single game. It's 
more than likely a team's going to lose one of those games. And they got close to losing against Charlotte. They got close to losing against North Texas. Their only two losses are to top 25 teams. I'm just I'm just speaking the facts. You can you can have your own opinion on what you think of the Tigers, and I'm sure that opinion will be uh, certainly um, moved one way or another after Saturday's game against SMU when we talk to you again on Monday after that game. Uh, another texter says Memphis will get crushed by SMU. You can't hide the fact they've barely beaten two awful teams of late. Well, we'll see. <laughs> they may very well. SMU is an eight and a half point favorite. They're an eight and a half point road favorite at Memphis. Denny on Facebook says, I think the situation with Silverfield is there are some Tiger fans that don't believe coach can get Memphis to the finish line, meaning going to the AAC conference championship games on a regular basis. Now that the conference will be watered down. Also, the, the coach can't beat teams, uh, can beat teams under 500, but doesn't win against teams that are 500 or better. And I, I think that's, I would say that is a very good, that that is the sentiment of many Tiger fans that I talked to, that they just, they don't have the confidence that in Ryan Silverfield being able to do exactly what he's saying. Yeah, that, that and is, I understand. And you know, I don't, whether he can or not, um, I don't know if he can get him there. They've got a chance Saturday to put themselves in position to play in the conference championship game, possibly this year. Again, they'll need a little bit of help. Um, they need Tulane to beat UTSA. But uh, but they've put them, they'll, if they can win on Saturday and then beat a terrible Temple team, then they are in a position. Um, and at the very least, you would say they will have competed to be in the conference championship game. One conference loss, you can't, you know, you're, you've put yourself in a position to have a shot at the conference championship game. And I think that's what fans believe in this conference they should be doing on a yearly basis. I think it's somewhere in between what the, what the folks are saying and what the caller Earlier in the hour, Greg was talking about uh, he does not put the blame on Ryan Silverfield. In fact, he thinks it would be a mistake if they ended up uh, firing him, departing ways with him. Of course, that's that's not happening. These these guys are eight and two this year. They're not firing Ryan Silverfield. I understand the plight of the fan that says, "Well, you know, we beat the teams we're supposed to beat. We can't beat anybody else." I, I think to a certain extent, the program was a little spoiled from what Mike Mike Norvell brought to the table. And remember, Ryan was part of that staff. But Mike Norvell, who's got a chance to win a national championship this year at Florida State, that is an anomaly. You don't see that walking through the door that often. Getting to the Cotton Bowl is something that was fantastic. It's not happening every year. The person who said that Memphis should be a top 25 football team every year, that's ridiculous. you got to look at reality. You got to look at the reality, and the reality is with NIL, they're not a player right now compared to some of these other schools. They're to, doing the best they can. To the point of Denny on Facebook, if I'm if I did the and I just did some fairly quick math um, in the regular season, the last two years, if I'm not mistaken, they are three and eleven against teams that finished above five hundred. Yeah, not good. Not good. So, I mean, and that's, again, it's great to win the games you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be nice to win some of the games you're not supposed to. Right. Boise State was at home, so you expect to win. It's not a great Boise State team. They just fired their coach, but they're above 500, correct? They're 5-4? and I could be wrong. They could be 5-5. and Do you know? Uh, They are, 
I think they're I, I they're still in the Mountain West race. I know that. So, you know, that's that's a good win. Again, in the conference, teams are getting— Yeah, we'll see. I'm doing this based on where the team ends up at the end of the season. Right, yeah. And and in the conference, there are some bad teams. Boise State is 5-5 and right now, so— 5-5 and team. Okay. By the way, um, I wanted to get to this story right before we wrap up hour number two. And in hour number three, we'll have time to take your calls and texts in the latter part of the hour. But Zoe Goodson will join us at 9.05 from Rhodes for our Rhodes Athletic segment. But they did find out who the culprits were— who stole the belongings uh, that Colorado, when they went to play at the Rose Bowl, and they played UCLA, and they had jewelry stolen and some other items as well, cash, headphones, ended up being, according to the Pasadena police, that there were high school kids who were recruits for UCLA from Beaumont High School in Riverside County. They were there on their official visits for UCLA and went ahead and stole all those items and got caught. Can you believe that? These kids are there for an official visit to decide whether or not they want to take a full scholarship and play for the UCLA Bruins, and that's what they do. So those are the people that stole that, the uh, kids associated with Beaumont High School, Riverside County, according to Pasadena Police, and hopefully they get all those items back for those Colorado Buffalo players. You want to expect that when you go and you bring your jewelry and your wallet and all that to an away game, that it is being protected. It's secure. You don't want to walk out and know that that stuff is gone because somebody wasn't doing their job protecting that and uh, making sure that nobody was going into the locker room. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, Hour 3, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.